the church triumphant, praise God. That's us. That's how God has designed it in the name of Jesus. He's designed for His church to be triumphant and for you and I to understand that and to know that in Jesus' name. And that's exactly one of the reasons why God will allow things to come into our lives that will test that. Yes, it will. We're going to be tested, praise God. But I'm going to tell you something, praise God, because of those tests, amen, it makes us stronger, makes us closer to God, gives us the ability, praise God, to know His will in a better way. I'm telling you, folks, these are all things that God has provided for us in the name of Jesus. And you are an overcomer, my friend. You are an overcomer. God sees that in you. He has given you the ability, praise God, to overcome, praise God, this world. And some of that can do, and it has to do, do with the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, not loving our lives unto death, the word of God, the name of Jesus, prayer and praise, the Holy Ghost, the angels of the Lord. These are all things, weapons that God has given to us in this life. And I just encourage you to use them. Use them every day and every week in Jesus' name. And, and we're going to get through this. We are getting through this, folks. Come on. Come on. We're already, this is the second service we've done like this. And I'm not saying this is the way I would, uh, you know, the ultimate choice. But we're making do. And God is helping us to, to understand that. So I thank you for being a part of this service today. I want to commend you for your, your faithfulness in these areas. And, and the Lord richly bless you. And I know He will. I know He's blessing your homes right now. And and restoring and, and healing relationships in Jesus' name. And so I thank God for that in the name of Jesus. I This week, I one of the um, um, uh, things that I do on a regular basis during the week, of course, I read the Bible and study the Bible, and that's my, my um, um, the first priority. It always will be, praise God. I thank God for His Word. Somebody say amen. Come on, I am thankful for God's Word, and I am not going to compromise on that. I'm not. That is my thing. But there are books out there that we can read, and, and one of the things that it will help us to do is to, uh, to, to communicate with one another and, and so on and so forth. I just got done reading a book, um, and I've read it several times, and I read it periodically, and it's, it's by a, a man that I know and a friend of mine from Ohio, and he writes good things, but he wrote on the idea that they probably told me but I wasn't listening. And wow, does that speak volumes to me. I'm sure that many of you can identify with that. That, you know, you hear something and you thought, man, I've heard that before. And that's one of the reasons, in my opinion, why the repetitiveness of the Bible is so important. Is because we need to keep reminding ourselves of what we have heard. Amen. And confirming ourselves in those ways. And I trust that the Lord will help you to do that, even today. But I've just started another book, and this is a book, again, that I have read uh, over before, and it's by a, a man that I have a lot of confidence in. I believe the Lord is using in our organization, United Pentecostal Church um, International. His name is David K. Bernard. Many of you know who I'm talking about. And please, I'm not lifting the man up above God. I'm just saying that there are vessels today that God has used for the purpose of communication and Brother Bernard has written uh, lots of books, and, I, and, and probably there's not too many of you that aren't familiar with some of his stuff. This book I'm starting, again, is called The Apostolic Identity um, in a Postmodern World. And basically it has to do with how are we, what are we supposed to look like, what are we supposed to sound like, what are we supposed to be like in the world that we're living in. You know, the world around us is changing, and by the way, so are we. 
You and I are changing. In fact, I'm going to believe that during these so-called challenging times that we're changing. There's some things about us that we're looking at things a lot differently than maybe we did two to three weeks ago. I'm trusting that. I'm believing that this, that's one of the purposes of what God is allowing to happen. But again, there are certain things that should not change. And that's why I believe our apostolic identity is so very, very important. The scripture says that, um, and let me read this for you real real quickly here in the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians chapter number 2, it makes reference to this in this way that I think kind of explains it a little bit. It says in chapter 2 of Ephesians in verse number 19, it says there, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, It says, and of the household of God. You and I are in this thing together. We're fellow saints. And then it says, and are built upon the foundation, praise God, of the apostles and prophets. It says, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So you see how this is? This is That's what the apostolic movement is about, is that we are built upon the foundation of the apostles, who, in fact, were built upon Jesus Christ. And so we are, and literally, we are following them as they follow Jesus. And then it says in verse 21, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. Remember that. We're all in this together, that there's something about when we come together that adds to the kingdom of God. That doesn't take away from your individual devotion and relationship with God. And I might spend some time today elaborating on that a little bit because of where we're at right now. But let's not fail to come together as the manner of some is. Amen. That is what we're doing right now. And so when we come together and we combine our efforts, praise God, I believe there are there are tremendously powerful things that are let loose in the spiritual kingdom of God. And so then the scripture says in verse 22, in whom ye also are builded, somebody say together. I like that word. I think that's a good word for us. The church today. We are built together for an habitation or literally a dwelling place of God through the Spirit. Never forget, we talked about this Sunday night that Solomon built that or had that temple built and it was it was exorbitant, it was uh, beautiful, you know, it had, you know, uh, the finery that, that the world could offer. But as we discovered, praise God, that when the Spirit of the Lord came down as a cloud, and that's one of the ways that God would represent His presence, was in a cloud. And He came down in that temple. And whatever man wanted to do, might it might have been good, might have been honest, might have been, you know, um, okay, but God took precedent over all of that. And so let's not forget that that's what we're looking for in this hour. Come on, we're looking for God to come into our midst and to take over. And I'm believing that in your individual houses, along in this place, and everywhere that we're at, praise God, that we can experience what God is doing, praise God. And God, again, can begin to reemphasize to us, amen, the important things that really should not change. Amen. Jesus said it. 
or the Bible says it in the book of Hebrews, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Since the inception of God's thought, when God, the Bible says that Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. What does that mean? The man, the man Christ Jesus was alive during the time that God created the earth? No, that just means that in the thought process of the Almighty God, He already had this figured out. He already knew what was going to happen. So that dimension never changed. God knew what he was going to do. When Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, like you and I messed up in our gardens from time to time, God knew that and made provision for that, and that's why you and I have true forgiveness, and we have restoration that's going on in our lives because there are some things that don't change. Come on. There are things that won't change unless we allow them to. But that doesn't mean that God's going to make them change. That just means that we can, we can make some things change. And so we must, we must keep that in mind, praise God. Let me read an excerpt of this, this book, and I would highly recommend that you get this book. It would be a good project for some of you to get on. You know, read some of these books. There are many of them. And as, our, um, as Brother Jerry has said, stated before, please, be careful what you read out there. I'm not saying everything is bad. I'm not saying that you've got to be careful about everything. I'm just saying there are some things, praise God, that you've got to kind of weed through to get some good parts. Well, apostolic writers have a way of, of, of eliminating most of that. You've got to understand it's still written by a man. So I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying that it will help you with your relationship with God. And so consider this. You can go online and you can order these books and get them downloaded into your iPads and, and, and even your, your, um, um, your phones. And, and, I mean, make it very convenient for you to do this. And so I would recommend that. And in, in the coming services, I'm going to get, get my library out. I, uh, again, this is one thing I do on a regular basis is I go through books, go through books, and, and, and in devotional things and that type of thing. But listen to what, what this book says in, in, in the first chapter there, and maybe this will give you an understanding. It says, in shifting culture, or in the shifting culture of our diverse postmodern world, it is important to understand what we believe and why we believe it. Now, that's, that's sound, isn't it? It says, what is essential to our identity as biblical Christians? It says, what is our foundation? These are excellent questions, my friend. And I believe these questions need to be answered. Amen. What must not be changed? That's the question he's asking. What makes apostolic Pentecostals unique? Oh, wow. It says, the answer is that more than any other group, we believe that the teachings or the teaching and the practice of the apostles of Jesus Christ, as recorded in the New Testament, are and is the supreme authority and example for the church today. Amen. And so keep that in mind, my friends. That's just one, one paragraph, praise God. And questions like what he is asking need to be answered. And we need to go to these sources. And we need to be confirmed in, in what we believe in Jesus' name. And so one of the things that we highlight a lot in this church is, is we try to do good biblical teaching. Good biblical teaching, praise God. And so we try to bring that to you, and, and, and so hopefully this will be something that will, um, um, will be accented in your life, especially during the times that we're living in, praise God. As things progress, and none of us you know, know absolutely for sure how this is going to go. We don't. But I would, again, just recommend that you comply to what the government is telling us. You know, make ourselves 
you know, um, uh, safe and the people around us in Jesus' name. Come on, folks. That's called loving your neighbor. Amen. That's called, you know, putting others first. And I understand there's lots of things that have to happen, and I'm not here to stand in judgment or to critique. I'm just saying, you know, we need to, to, to do the best that we can, praise God, to abide by the rules that have been set forth for this nation so that we can, amen, be a part of the solution and not add to the problem. And so I, I just wanted to say that to you, and I appreciate you folks today. I'm believing the Lord for, for great things, praise God. And what I'm trying to do here today, among a lot of things, but I'm trying to be an encouragement to you, try to bring you the Word of God and, and, and help you to understand that we can keep things going even though we had to alter things a little bit. And again, I want to just... Um, um, commend you for your faithfulness, faithfulness to these services and what's going on, and and thank you, folks, that uh, uh, Mike and and Chrissy for for setting up that that format in which people can can fellowship with one another and that type of thing. Let's keep it let's keep it from a biblical perspective, though. Okay, let's keep it from that. Let's keep it in the Word of God, and let's try to lift up our brothers and our sisters. Praise God in a godly manner in Jesus' name. And I know that you will do that. And the Lord, I believe, will bless you in the name of Jesus. Praise God. The Old Testament is is again one of those areas of Scripture. I find myself kind of like the eunuch in the Book of Acts. You know, when Philip approached him, you know, he's reading the book of Isaiah, and, and his question was, who's this guy talking about? Is he talking about himself, or is he talking about something else, that type of thing? And, and I'm not saying uh, there's a lot of things in the Old Testament that because of the help of God, the Spirit of God, I understand a lot better than I did, but there's still times when I enter into Scripture and I go, man, I wonder what's really going on there. And that's why a thorough study of the Old Testament really is um, a, a valuable thing. Praise God. And, and, um, and a lot of times we bring Old Testament scriptures, and, and I understand that we're in a different um, testament right now. We're in the New Testament, and, and I'm not going to argue with that. But I believe there's still lots of things that we can learn from the Old Testament. And so I, wanna, I want you to think about that. One of the things that the, the Bible teaches us, and let me bring this thought to you here today, and that is in Exodus chapter number 11. Most of you are familiar with the book of Exodus, I would take. It's the book of the Exodus. It's where God, through the prophet and through the servant Moses, communicated to the children of Israel that they didn't have to live in that bondage anymore. They did not have to live under the tyranny of, of Egypt. And, and if they would allow God to come and follow him, just become faithful to him, praise God, that all kinds of things could happen. But just like any, a lot of things in life, you know, there were, they were met with resistance, Amen. You know, Pharaoh could have just said, okay, this is God, the only God. I'll listen to him. And so, yeah, you folks go ahead and go and, and, and the Lord bless you. And I believe that God could have been a blessing to the nation of Egypt. But Pharaoh, because of the hardness of his heart, amen, never remember, never forget that. God didn't do that to, to Pharaoh. Pharaoh allowed that to happen to him. And that's what we can learn is that I'm not going to let my heart get hard. I'm not going to let circumstances and disappointments and sometimes, you know, things that God is calling upon me to endure to harden my heart. I want God to be able to soften me and do that. And so these are things that I believe that, that God wants to happen, happen to every one of us. I, I heard a thought here this weekend uh, from a man of God that he said that sometimes we want God to get us out of something that he's allowed us to get into. 
and he wants us to endure until it's over. Now, that's a thought that we have to look at, in, especially in the days that we're living in. Because I know there's probably many of you have been praying against this coronavirus. I have too. I walked around my house the other day, and I just, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. And I'm going to continue to do that, folks. Come on, never forget, in the Bible it talks about something called importunity in prayer. And what it really means is shameless persistence. But you and I must understand that my shameless persistence or my consistency of doing it doesn't convince God. God is already convinced. What it does, though, a lot of times is it defeats the, the powers of darkness. And that's what your persistence will do. And sometimes God is using you and I in that realm. That in this world, in this city, in this area, God wants to defeat the darkness. And it's because of our shameless persistence or our ability to endure that helps us to be used of God in the name of Jesus. Man, I feel the anointing of the Lord going forth here. I believe there's some people right now that you're receiving this that maybe for the first time, maybe for the, for, for maybe you're like me. I, I heard they told me this, but I wasn't listening. And maybe now you're listening, praise God. And God is saying, hey, come on, fail not. Come on, you keep doing it. Keep so those seeds keep praying those prayers keep believing God in the name of Jesus and you're going to see some things move you're going to see some things happen in the name of Jesus I believe God is doing that all over our city in our county in our district in the name of Jesus and so keep that in mind my friends God is using you today for this purpose in the name of Jesus well in Exodus God used the nation of Israel didn't he Amen. But unfortunately, God brought the plagues. And a lot of people misunderstand the plagues. They, a lot of people think that they were just to bring hardships onto the people. The people already were in hardships. And you want to know why? Because those plagues identify false gods that they were worshiping. Listen to me, folks. People are out there in the world today, a lot of those folks, you know, this disease isn't the only thing that has brought hardship into their life. Sometimes they don't know the one true almighty God. Amen. And this is what God did during those plagues. He tore down what they believed were gods. You study it for yourself. And so finally in, in chapter 11, he's getting down to the last plague that's, gonna, that's going to be the, the kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back, if I can put it that way. And I'm not here to stand in judgment. I'm saying there's times when God, in order to save his church, his people, his plan, he will go to, to, to drastic measures. He will do that, my friend. That's why I'm going to get in. I'm, I'm in the church, and I'm going to stay in the church. It's because God will protect his church. That doesn't mean we won't go through things. It just means that as long as we're in the church, praise God, we're going to have safe passage over to the other side. Amen. And so the vehicle that God was using or he chose was the nation of Israel. But listen to the Scripture. The Bible says in verse number 5 of the 11th chapter of, of, of Exodus, he's making this known. You've got to understand, God has always told his people beforehand. And so that's why it's important for us to listen, saints. Come on, I've, the Lord is speaking to us about what's happening. Amen. And let's not form our own, you know, version of this. Let's get it from the Bible. Let's believe what God 
God is saying in his scriptures in the name of Jesus. And so the scripture says in verse 5, it says, And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. He's stating it. Judgment's coming, folks. And he says, From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and, and all the firstborn of the beast. That plague affected everybody. Amen. I'm talking about from A to Z. But then he says, And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it anymore. Now that's profound right there. That's, that's something. And then he goes on to say, he says, but, and this is one of those good buts, okay? It says, against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord hath put a difference it says between the Egypts or Egyptians and Israel the word um, uh, the word difference there simply means to distinguish to separate to set a part that's what God does with the church now that's not segregating us from the world folks but that is setting us apart that we can understand praise God that yes we're going to feel the effects of what's going on in our world praise God but the bottom line is God sets the church apart so that people can see that light that has been set on a hill praise God, that it's shining, praise God, not in, in a way of bragging or in a way of arrogance, but in a way of witnessing, praise God, to this world, that yes, I may have times that I'm wondering what's going on, I may have times that I'm questioning and all of that business, but I can come to the Lord and I can rest in Him, I can believe in Him, I can understand that with His name, His Word, His Spirit, His blood, and my obedience, that faith can begin to operate in my, in, 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 in my life in the name of Jesus. And people, praise God, can begin to see that. And so never forget this, that God, praise God, He wants to make a difference or He wants to help us to be de distinguished, praise God. And again, that doesn't mean that we're not going to, to have our moments, praise God, but it just means that we don't have to live in those kind of things in Jesus' name. I appreciate the honesty that was coming forth with some of the men this week about some of the areas that they were struggling in. That's okay. The Bible says we should confess our faults one to another. Now, you confess your sins to Jesus, my friend. You go to Him, praise God. He's the one that not only forgives, but He cleanses and He restores. But I believe there is a format that says that brothers and sisters can come together and we can say, hey, listen, I'm struggling. There's an area of my life that I need a little bit of a bolstering in. And I believe that we can find that help with one another. But the bottom line is, my friends, we might be experiencing it, but we're not living in it in the name of Jesus. That's why in the name of Jesus right now, I take authority and dominion over the spirit of, of, of depression, praise God, that I believe is a direct byproduct of the fear of this world in the name of Jesus and I command in the name of Jesus for that to be lifted let every brother and sister feel this right now let them feel the idea that God they might experience it it's like temptation you can't tell yourself that temptation won't come but you don't have to give in to it in the name of Jesus and right now Lord God by the authority of your word I let that go forth I release that into this area of Gillette Campbell County Wyoming and the Rocky Mountain District and everywhere that I influence in the name 
name of Jesus. Let that go forth. Let every person sense that right now in the name of Jesus. And immediately, God, I believe there's hope. There's hope that has gone into those areas. That, Lord God, we don't have to give up. We don't have to give up. We, we don't have to give in. We can believe you in the name of Jesus. And, God, I give you the praise. Come on, let's just take about 30 seconds right now. Lift your hands right now. Please, come on. Come on, engage yourself in this. Let's give God glory. Let's give him commitment right now. Let's tell him we're going to do it in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, all across this county, all across this area right now, these states, Lord God, you are doing this. You are helping us to make a difference. You are distinguishing us, Lord God, not in an arrogant way, but in a light way. We are the witness, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And I give you the praise and the glory. Oh, God, I give you the praise and the glory. Yes, I do. You are the one. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your holy name, Lord God. Praise your holy name in the name of Jesus. What a wonderful thought, folks, to know, praise God, that we're in the right place. Amen. And, 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 you know, as the Bible teaches us in the Old Testament, again, I won't go there, but I'll just make mention of this, that the Bible says that God held back a very severe, severe judgment that was to come on this earth. Praise God. Amen. He held it back, you know, in the sixth chapter of the book of, um, uh, of Genesis. And that, of course, was the flood that came on this world. And the Bible says, why? Because God had, had commissioned, praise God, the church who was Noah, he was the people of God at that time, to build an ark. So while the ark was preparing, my friend, I'm telling you something, that's what God did. He held back his judgment. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. When I read the book of the Revelation and I see the things that God is going to let loose into this world, we haven't seen that yet, folks. We have not seen that. We've seen glimpses of it. You know, I'm not going to say that Sodom and Gomorrah was not a judgment of God. My friend, that's... That, that, that is not true, but that's just a glimpse, amen. And never forget this, the alternative motive there or the purpose of that was not to scare the living daylights out of people, but was to help people understand that there is a merciful God. Come on, there's a merciful God. As he dialogued with Abraham during that time, you know, Abraham posed the question, if there's, you know, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 righteous people, Amen. And we know the nth degree that our God will go to. And so consider this, praise God, in the world that you are living in, in Jesus' name. But let me bring a thought to you today, another thought to you today, along with what I've already been um, uh, uh, giving you. Look at Second uh, Timothy. Second Timothy, praise God, and, and verse or chapter number 3. Second Timothy, praise God, chapter number 3. Amen. And we talked about... Um, you know, uh, the apostolic way and things that shouldn't change, things that maybe should change, and you and I, were a part of that. You know, there's things in our life that do need to change, and this is what God is helping us to do. In my opinion, that's where the Scripture in, in the second chapter of Philippians that says work out your salvation with fear and trembling comes in. That doesn't mean that just after you are born again, praise God. And by the way, that's how you get into the kingdom of God, my friend. You are born again of the water and of the Spirit. Please do not forget that. Amen. If you find your place uh, that you need to be baptized, which everybody does in my opinion, praise God, we'll make that happen. 
Amen. And I'm telling you something, God is still doing that. The last service we had here collectively in this church building, praise God, we had a baptismal service at the end of it. And so I'm believing God is going into this community and talking to some of you, praise God. Some of you that are coming on and getting connected with this church. Amen. Never forget, praise God. Read the entire third chapter of the book of John. Amen. And you will find out relationship brings us to a place where God will put something in our lives. And what I call that and what I want, to, want you to consider here today is something called simple instructions. God will instruct us in what to do. Amen. And Jesus, when he was instructing Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. Amen. And that's not a demand. That is a privilege, and that is an invitation for every person out there. But Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, goes on to, uh, uh, helps us to understand some things here in the latter portion of that chapter. And I want to just bring these thoughts to you here today. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 and verse number 14, this is Paul talking to Timothy, by the way. That's the the first order of business here, but I believe it can be applicable to us too. He said, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Amen. Hopefully familiar scripture with some of you. Amen. That there are things that we have learned. One of the beauties of human beings is the fact that we can learn things. You know, sometimes it can be a struggle. Sometimes it can be you know, uh, an endurance thing, but the bottom line is you and I, we can still learn what God has for us. And then he says in verse number 15 to this young man, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. You want to talk about something that doesn't change? There's one right there. The ability for God's word to make us wise, first of all, unto salvation, and unto how to live this life. That does not change. We can still get our instructions from God's Word. And I hope you are considering this very, 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 very deeply in your own personal life. Please make room and more room for God's Word in your life. That doesn't mean that you've got to devour 20, 30, 50 chapters a day. It just means that, God, I'm going to allow your word to be a priority in my life as a direction. Amen. And before I read the Bible, and a lot of times before I study it, I'm going to pray and ask you, God, to help me to adjust my attitude so that I can receive it. The word receive there in, in James simply means, it, it simply means to accept. I need to accept what God's word says. And Paul is reminding this man, I don't know how old he is at this point in time, but he's saying, listen, this isn't something new for you. This isn't something that just began today. Amen. And he said the scriptures, the holy scriptures. And we understand that the Bible teaches us in Peter that the Holy Ghost is what inspired men to write this. Praise God. And so I still believe in that. I believe in that concept. Praise God. But listen to this. The Bible says in verse 16, and this is where we need to consider all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And the Bible says that it is profitable. I don't know if you understand what the word profit, profitable means there. I'm not talking about making more money or getting more gain. I'm talking about the Bible says 
that in, in, in the Greek, it means to be helpful and it's an advantage. See, the Word of God is not designed to scare the daylights out of you. All that, that, that's not the only thing. It's designed to help you and I to, to develop an advantage in life. Praise God. And I'm not talking about going to the shoe store and buying a good pair of tennis shoes so that you'll be able to run. I'm talking about in every aspect of your life, praise God. Consider this today, saint of God. Please consider this, that all Scripture has been given. It's not being held back by nobody, praise God. And the Bible says, and it's given so that we, you and I, will have an advantage. What? An advantage for what? Well, then it lists four things there that you and I need an advantage in because we can all come up with our own, our own way of doing things. And believe it or not, my friends, we do. Now, again, I'm not condoning that. I'm not saying that's the way to live. But there's times, you know, in my life that I have to just simply repent. Not of what the devil's doing, not what my brother or sister's doing or the world or circumstances, but what I'm doing. I'm allowing my thoughts to supersede God's thoughts. And sometimes we have to be extremely aware of that. And so God has given us an advantage, and that is His Word. His Word is the thing that will absolutely, sharper than any two-edged sword, pierce. It's alive. It's, uh, it's, it's absolutely active. You read it for yourself in the fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews. The Lord is that. And so we need an advantage when it comes to doctrine. And doctrine is one of those words that sometimes we struggle with because, you know, we, we just, you know, as we, somebody has just told me here recently, you know, we a lot of times don't want to be told what to do. <laughs> Let's just be completely honest. There's a lot of times in our lives that we find ourselves, not that we don't know, but we just don't want to be told. And so we've got to get over that. We must work on that on a regular basis. And again, the advantage that God gives us is His Word. Because why? It's forever established in heaven. It's always going to be there. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word shall endure forever. Come on, somebody's getting stirred up out there. I believe that. Come on, never forget that, you Timothys. Come on, some of you have been around this for a while. You recognize that, and even those of you that haven't been, you can become familiar with this concept that there are things in our apostolic movement that must not change. And this is one of them right here, that all Scripture, praise God, is given for an advantage so that you and I would know what doctrine is. And the word doctrine just simply means teaching. What is, what, is, what is something that is being taught? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, used the idea of doctrine. One of the introduce, uh, introductions I give to disciples a lot of times in this church is the sixth chapter of the book of, of Hebrews where it explicitly talks about six doctrines of Christ. Read them for yourself. Uh, Hebrews 6, 1 through 2. That's your, I'm giving you homework here, folks. Come on, study this Bible. The answers are there. You can find, praise God, what God is doing and what He wants for you in this day, praise God. And then the Bible says there's a reproof. And the rever word reproof means to rebuke somebody. 
Now, I understand that sometimes we can use harshness in that pro procedure, but the advantage that we have is God's Word. Remember what we're talking about here, that Scripture has been given for this purpose so that we'll know what to be taught, so that we'll know what not to be taught. That's why I'm telling you folks, all of these formats that are being opened to us over the internet and stuff like that, I, I thank God for these things that we're able to stay in touch. But please, please don't fall into the trap of promoting your own self or your own doctrine or, or you know, that type of thing. I'm talking about let's lift up God. Let's lift up what He's doing in our lives. Let's use it for the right purpose. And I believe that God will help us in the name of Jesus to understand things and to be encouraged and to be lifted up praise God I'm telling you right now God's got that design for every one of you in the name of Jesus amen but there's another thing that God stated here in this verse and you've heard it before many of you that we have to learn how to be corrected sometimes we just are bent on doing what we want to do and I'm going to tell you something, you know, you and I must understand that the word correcting just simply means that. It's just very literal. It means to be corrected. And it wouldn't be in there if we didn't need it. And so, just like me, just like you, there's times, praise God, when we begin to, to develop and, and assert our own selves into the matter in Jesus' name. And I believe that God wants to help us for this purpose. I believe that God has given us an advantage so that you and I can have these things and we can overcome. Never forget, folks, we have three things in this world that we, that, that we have to deal with, whether we like it or not. And number one is that we have our flesh. Amen. And the, only, the antidote for the flesh, my friend, is crucifixion. That's what it is. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you've got to learn to deny yourself. You've got to learn to pick up your cross and follow me. That is the design for the flesh. That is a constant thing. That doesn't mean that you take knives, sharp knives, and you start cutting yourself and all that. That's ridiculous. That is not what that means. What it means is that you and I must learn that we have a flesh that likes to insert itself in everything that we do. And we must learn with the proper usage and with the advantage that God has given us how to properly handle the flesh. Amen. So crucifixion, God will help us to, to pick up our cross and to follow him. And then we have something called the world or the age or the way that things are happening right now. And you and I are aware of that. But the antidote for that is to overcome. You and I must. We're, God isn't going to rocket us to the moon. He's going to keep us here until he's ready to take us home. But the bottom line is, while we're here in this world that might be contrary to God, we can still, with His advantage, praise God, we can overcome the world. And then, of course, of course the devil is the other, or another foe that you and I have. And the antidote with, with the devil is very simply to submit ourselves unto God, not to try to overcome Him, not to try to get over on Him. No, no, the antidote is for us to be greater and more submitted to God. This you'll find in your advantage, my friend. I'm talking about Scripture points us to this. And so this, this is what God has for you and for me in Jesus' name. Doctrine, reproof, correction. But let me, in the, next, in the, in the last few minutes of what I'm going to be doing here today, um, um, emphasize instruction. That you and I must learn how to receive instruction. 
Many, many times in the Bible, this is what you will find. You will find that God declares what he wants to do. He'll tell people exactly. Just like we just read, or not just read, but earlier we read in the 11th chapter of the book of Exodus. God let those people know. He told them what he was going to do, and he told them how to prepare for that. It's an example of what I would consider instruction. Read it for yourself. I won't go into it in detail now. My time is starting to slip away. But the bottom line here is, is he instructed them to take a lamb. Amen. Which is absolutely um, um, a beautiful example of what God was going to do in the New Testament. The Lamb of God. But he told them to take a lamb. And he told them to take them the, the best and the most perfect lamb that they could get. Amen. And then to take the blood of that lamb and to put it on the doorpost and on the top of, of their, uh, or the sides and on the top of their doorpost. That's what they were instructed to do. Because what was happening was something was going to be instituted that evening. And that was called the Passover. Amen. We're entering into that. This year, I think the, they celebrate the Passover um, um, just prior to, of course, our Easter season. And, and we'll be making mention of that, you know, in some of the future services. But the bottom line is God was going to bring great, great emphasis to what that really meant. And by instruction, he told them to take the blood and to put it on the doorpost. Amen. And then to roast that lamb. And to consume it all. Amen. And there's a great significance for that in the New Testament. You can read the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John and find out that Jesus referred back to this. Amen. That he was the lamb. Amen. And if you really love me, you're going to have to eat me. Now, he wasn't talking about cannibalism there. He was talking about significance. That whatever he was doing, we're going to have to consume and we're going to have to be willing to do the same thing. Now, that's called instruction. And many of us, praise God, all of us, let me just put it to you this way. All of us are tested in this realm. All of us are. Listen to me, folks. In my opinion, these four areas here that we've talked about here with all Scripture is a test. It's a test for you and I. Are we going to believe the advantage, the Word of God for doctrine, for what we shouldn't believe, for how we need to change and how we need to do things? Are we going to do that? Again, I can't answer that for you. I'm going to make absolute effort in my own personal life for that to happen. And so I want you to think about this, praise God, as we proceed through this, as we get through this hour, and we will, my friends, we're going to get through this. God is going to help us, and he already has. He's been there all the time. Amen. And so what he's got is he's got an advantage for you and for me. And one of those advantages is that you and I in verse 17 would be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That God would, would, would give us something good to do during sometimes the hours that aren't so good. And so God has given us that advantage, praise God, in the hour that you and I are living in. And I believe that God wants to help somebody here in the name of Jesus today to understand this in the name of Jesus. I wrote this in my Bible years ago. I read a book one time that um, was by an apostolic author, and I, um, again, I, I, I want to be very hesitant here. I'm not lifting up these people 
um, uh, to the point of where we believe them before we believe God. But as I've stated earlier, there are people out there that have written some things that you and I, we can learn from in the name of Jesus. And I remember writing, reading this book on the idea of who uh, the, the fivefold giftings or the ministry. And there was a time in my life when I was wondering, I was kind of like that eunuch, you know, what's going on here? Who's this, who's this written to and stuff like that? And so a lot of times these books have helped me to clarify some things in my own personal life. And this man wrote in his book, and I want to I I quote this to you, and this was in regards to the church and what we do and how we receive things. Think about this. Many of you have heard this quote before, but I, I feel like it would be advan an advantage to maybe let somebody else know. Now think about this. He said, Dangerous is the building of a church or ministry on a Jesus that we have created in our own minds. Out of our own understandings or what we believe He is. Rather than who He really is in the Scriptures. And then he said, he said, our ideas, and this is, this is true, I've, I've had it happen to me. My, your ideas can become, in our own minds, his voice, his will, his law. See, folks, sometimes our human spirit, and I'm, I'll probably be talking about this in the future here, the voices. What do we hear? What do they mean? One of the things that the Apostle Paul um, clarified when he was talking about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, is he said there's a voice that will be heard. That's the real thing. And you and I, with the help of God, have the ability to distinguish that. You and I do. And we must get better and better and better at doing that. Because in the world today, especially our electronic world today there are just millions of voices going out and sometimes you if you're like me you find yourself shaking your head going whoa is this true is this is this what it is and that's why we must be careful and that's why we must take the advantage that God has given us through his word amen and with the help of the baptism of the Holy Ghost sir I, I believe I'm talking to somebody right now that you have been seeking for something that would help you to interpret Scripture. You have been seeking for something to help you during confusing times and times that you're really not sure. And I want to help you to understand, praise God, today that God has given you an advantage to do this. And that is through this, the gift of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That God wants to give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is what He has promised us. He actually promised this initially to Abraham. And Abraham, you know, he, he wasn't quite sure, you know, exactly what it was. And he received all the promises he could. But God told us that there were better promises that were coming. And this is it right here, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is the thing that will take the advantage. Now, I'm not saying you're not studying God's Word. I'm not saying you're not reading God's Word. But the Bible says that you and I need a guide when it comes to God's Word. And that's where Jesus spoke about this in chapters 14, 15, and 16 of the Gospel of John. Read them, please, 
and let God show you some things. That God, along with the advantage of the Word, He would give us His Spirit that would help us to understand that voice, praise God, and to give credence and to give, you know, valid, you know, to give validity to His Word in Jesus' name. And I believe today, praise God, as we conclude this, and I believe that God wants to help. There's many of you right now, I can sense, praise God, that there's trouble in your life right now. You're just not quite sure what's going on, and you've heard all kinds of things. Uh, I'm going to give a little friendly advice here, okay? And I, I know I've been kind of criticized for this, but probably some of you need to turn your Internet off for a while every day. You need to just back off from some of that media stuff. I'm not telling you to, to completely do it away, but I'm just saying you need to kind of back off of it. That you're hearing too much stuff and it's becoming an overload in your own minds and your hearts. And I'll tell you what I feel led to do right now by the Spirit is to pray for you and ask the Lord through instruction. Come on, He's given you an advantage through His Word that you know what you need to learn. You know what you need to not learn. You know what needs to change and you know you, now you're starting to learn what you need to do. That God is going to help you with that in Jesus' name. Maybe you could just close your eyes right now and lift both of those hands with the palms out right now. Come on, let's do this. Come on, that's a sign of submission is what that is. That's a sign of submission. God, in the name of Jesus, I'm believing right now, this instant, through your word and through your spirit, that you're giving instruction right now to people, that you're helping them to understand that they don't have to be overloaded in this day, that yes, they can be informed, but they don't have to be overloaded. And God, right now, through the advantage of your word, I pray that you will begin to move, and you are moving upon them right now. I feel depression lifting right now, folks. I do. I feel anxiety just going right now in people's lives. I know that right now because the Lord is doing it in the name of Jesus right now all across this area of Gillette Campbell County, Wyoming and the Rocky Mountain District. This is happening right now in the name of Jesus that your word God has gone forth, that your word has not returned void, that it has accomplished that which you have sent it to do and God I do I give you the praise and the glory oh God in the name of Jesus that your word Lord God is having free course in the name of Jesus that your word is having free course and that Lord God the name of the Lord is being established in our lives in the name of Jesus oh come on church let's linger come on those of you now you're in your home right now come on come on leave that seat come on get engaged in what you know you could do here at this church building but you are there now in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, amen. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Is right now. Here's my life, Lord. Amen. Here's my life. 
do it again. Amen. Here's my love. is true. I believe he's doing that even now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today in this service. Amen. I, 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 I thank you for your faithfulness. Praise God. The question's been asked, my wife and I, about tithes and offerings. And we've just said that, you know, you can send them to our house, our address, 4536 Wilson Way. And that's a way of, of, of uh, worshiping God with your tithes and offerings. If you want to get online and do it where I give and you have some questions about that you can call my wife she can help you to set that up we've got a good portion of the church that's already doing it that way and so never forget praise god we worship the lord with our tithes and offerings amen and so the lord bless you tonight again we'll be coming together and we'll be praying here in the sanctuary those of us that are involved in the service and i trust that you will come and meet with us again and let's just let the Lord have his way and let that advantage that he's given us, praise God, in the name of Jesus, do what it's doing in Jesus' name. Let me leave you with this thought as we talked about earlier. We're the church triumphant in Jesus' name. It's the Lord.
It's hope for the lost and dying. It's a soul-saving station. It's the tower of salvation. What is it? Oh, it's the church triumphant, oh Lord, and it's built by the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah, I'm talking about the church. Oh, in the book of Revelation, built on the rock with firm foundation. Then through the blood, it's been through the fire. But one of these days, It's the church 